Welcome to Awaken Life Church podcast. For more information about our church, please visit awakenlifechurch.net. We hope you enjoy this message by Daniel Willett. If you're not ready to shove chicken nuggets in the vents in your car because your kid is screaming they're too hot, then you might want to reconsider having kids. How many have done that? My hand's up. Okay. <laughs> we got one. Okay, my vents are not big enough to shove them in, but I've definitely put them up to the <laughs> put them up to the vent to cool them down. Yeah, the joys of parenthood. All right, turn on the house lights. So, Father, we just thank you so much. You're such a good dad. We just thank you, Jesus. You're such a great savior. We thank you, you just even partaking in, in uh, communion today. We just thank you so much for your body that was broken for us, Jesus. We thank you for the blood that was shed. We thank you, it just boggles our mind, but the word actually says it, it gave you joy to go to the cross for us. That you had joy in your heart, knowing what it was going to do for, for us. That you were reconciling us back to the Father. So we're just so thankful for you, Jesus. What an awesome, amazing Savior. And we're thankful for the Holy Spirit who's our best friend, who guides us, who's our counselor, who convicts us of righteousness. And we just thank you. Father, I give you this message. I just pray for grace, grace, grace to be on this message this morning. God, that you're imparting grace in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So before I go into uh, the main topic today, I want to I share uh, some things that are on our heart for 2020. Usually we do this kind of like more in January. But I don't know if you know, but just had a baby, and so went through all that. And uh, keep us in prayer. You know, sleep is like a precious commodity nowadays, these days, right now. And uh, but so I, I just wanted to share some things that are on our heart for 2020. It's some things that um, Joy and I have been praying about, and our leadership team have been praying about. And we just really want to strength uh, focus on strengthening the core of our church. We really feel like that's what God is directing is just love the body, strengthen the core of our church. And so there's four message series that are on our heart for this year. One is marriage. And if you're, if you're not married, you're going to be so blessed by this series. You're going to be super blessed by it. Um, if you are married, you're going to be super blessed by it. Uh, one of the amazing things about marriage is the deepest mystery of marriage is it's actually a picture of how Christ loves the body. Amen. We're the bride of Christ. And so in marriage, it's a picture of how Christ loves his bride and how the bride loves him back. So even if you're not married, maybe you will be married someday. And even if you're not going to be married someday, it's a beautiful picture of just how Christ loves the body and how the body loves Jesus back. Amen. The, another message series that we're going to do this year is relationships. That impacts every single person here. We all want to have healthy relationships. God wants us to have amazing, awesome, deep, vulnerable, healthy relationships that last for a lifetime. So we're going to have a series on that. We're also going to have a series on finances. Uh, I feel like last year was a breakout year for us in, in finances. It was the first year we actually started talking about finances. And God was doing a work in my heart on, on finances. And God wants us to be blessed financially. He wants his children to be blessed. We should actually be the most blessed people on the planet. Amen. And he wants to bless us because we can then be a blessing. And we're going to do a, a series on parenting. 
So I'll give you the same disclaimer. If you're, if you're not a parent, you're going to be blessed by this series. If you are a parent, you're going to be blessed by this series. Um, parenting, you know, those of us that have kids, you learn a lot about how the Father loves us when you have kids. And so, again, just talking about parenting, it's, it's a beautiful picture. Like, the best thing we can do for our children is to love them and be a display for them of how the Father loves us. And none of us are perfect at it, that's what, but that's what we're working towards. Amen? So I just wanted to share those things with you. I'm excited about all those things, and uh, there's some more things coming that we'll talk about later. So today is an interesting message. Um, I got so many notes, and hopefully I'll be able to use them. because It's interesting because this was not what I had prepared. I had a whole other topic prepared, ready to go. And I was like, you know, I'm just going to touch on vision for 2020, which I just did. And I'm going to touch on this other subject before I talk about the main topic. And as I'm like kind of reviewing this topic, I'm like, oh, this is the whole message for the day. And not only for today, probably for next week too. (laughs) So this kind of came together pretty quick, but I feel the Lord on it. And I feel like um, it's it's an amazing foundational word to build off of for the things that we're going after in this house. So today, the title of the message is, and what we're going to talk about, it's prophecy and prophetic words. Prophecy and prophetic words. So we've made a decision in our church to cultivate the prophetic. So a lot of churches, you know, maybe believe in the prophetic, but they They've had issues with with people prophesying maybe out of turn or some negative fruit from some prophecies that have happened. And in a lot of churches, they just say, you know what, let's not do that. And like sometimes the pastors will prophesy, but let's not let's not cultivate an atmosphere of this because it's too messy. And so we've made the decision, honestly. So we've been pastoring this church about five years. And honestly, when we first started pastoring the churches, or this church, there was some messes. And we had to make the decision. We're like, okay, do we clean, help these messes get cleaned up and do we cultivate this or do we just say, you know what, let's not do it. And we just knew with all of our heart, we're like, you know, we need to cultivate this in our church. This is something that the word tells us to go after. And so we're not going to shut it down. We're going to cultivate it and we're going to clean messes as they come. So that being said, when you open that up, that can be messy. Revival can be messy because there's people involved. So we decided we're not going to shut it down, but we're going to pastor people through it and in it. And that's what this message is today. It's pastoring the church, the body of Christ through being in a prophetic culture. So first I want to talk about Old Testament prophecy versus New Testament prophecy. Very important distinction to to know the difference. So in the Old Testament prophetic, the purpose of the prophetic and the purpose of the prophets was to point out sin and to judge people. You see this in the story of, of Nathan when David sins with Bathsheba and he kills Uriah. He has Uriah killed. And David or Nathan the prophet comes to point out his sin and to actually bring judgment for the sin that he had done. So that was the purpose of Old Testament prophecy, point out sin and to judge people. Now, why, why would that be that way in the Old Testament? Well, everything in the Old Testament, including the law, is leading us to a conclusion that we need a Savior. It's leading us, so it's natural that 
In the Old Testament, the prophetic would be used to point sin out and be like, hey, this is not okay. And it's all pointing us to the fact that we can't do this on our own. We need a Savior. So the New Testament prophetic is there to edify the church. And you can see that in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verses 1 through 5. And I believe we have it for the screens. It says this, Follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people but to God. Indeed, no one understands them, for they utter mysteries by the Spirit. But the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. Did you get that? This is the purpose of the prophetic. Strengthening. Say strengthening. Encouraging. Comfort. This is the purpose of the prophetic. Verse 4. Anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves, but the one who prophesies edifies the church. Again, that's the purpose for the New Testament prophetic, edify the church. Verse 5, I would like every one of you to speak in tongues, but I would rather have you prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in a tongue unless someone interprets so that the church may be edified. So the New Testament prophetic has one purpose, edify the church, period. When you hear someone using the prophetic to judge people, to judge nations, to judge cities. Run. Run. That's the Old Testament. We are in a different covenant. We're not, in, we're not under the law. We're not in a covenant where the whole point was to point us to the fact that we need a Savior. We're now under grace. We are a completely new creation. And the... the Purpose of prophecy now is to edify, to strengthen, to build up the church, not to judge people. You know, we see this in a story with Jesus when the disciples are like, hey, Jesus, they're feeling really powerful at this point. They're like healing the sick, casting out demons, and they're like, hey, Jesus, this city that just rejected us, do you want us to just call down fire and just destroy it? And what's, that story is amazing because they believe, like, we could do this. Like, Elijah did it, right? Old Testament prophet called on fire from heaven. Let's just call down fire and destroy the city. What do you think, Jesus? He rebukes them. Now, what's interesting is they did a lot of dumb things and without getting rebuked. <laughs> and they're arguing about who's going to sit next to Jesus in heaven. He doesn't rebuke them when they do that. But when they say, Jesus, should we call down fire and destroy a city? He rebukes them. And this is, this is a moment in time where he's showing them a change of the guard. He says, no. He rebukes them and says, you don't know what spirit you are, you're of. You don't know what spirit you're of. So the New Testament prophetic is not to cast judgment, to judge cities, to judge people, to judge nations. It's to build up the body of Christ. And the New Testament prophetic is part of the ministry of reconciliation. So in 2 Corinthians, we're going to read a few verses in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17 through 21. So it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things passed away. Behold, new things have come. 
Now, all these things are from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. How many know that you're all in the ministry? Everybody here is in the ministry, and you're in the ministry of reconciliation. Your ministry is to help reconcile the heart of the father to his sons. You're in the ministry of reconciliation. Verse 19, namely that God was in Christ reconciling himself, reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. What was the Old Testament purpose for prophecy? Counting the trespasses against them and judging them for it. What's the New Testament? Not counting their trespasses against them. And he has committed to us the word of reconciliation. So our job, especially for within the church, but outside the church, is not to judge and shame and condemn unbelievers. It's to help reconcile their heart to the Father. God loves them, and he's given us the ministry of reconciliation so that we can help reconcile them to the Father. Amen. Where do we stop? 19? Let's read 20. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were making an appeal through us. We beg you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. He made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf, so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So New Testament prophecy, it's to edify the church, and it's to bring people to the Father through the ministry of reconciliation. Okay, so the next point. Prophetic words need to be judged. So this is meaning when there's a corporate prophetic word, um, when, there's a, when you get a personal prophetic word, every prophetic word needs to be judged. We see this in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse, uh, 1 Corinthians 14, verse 29. It says, let two or three prophets speak and let others pass judgment. So what should you do when you get a word from someone? Well, number one, the word should be judged, meaning is this from God or not? Is this, is this word from God or not? You're not judging the person who gave you the word. You're judging the word itself. Now, an, an easy one is this. When you get a prophetic word, this, this should be an easy one, I hope. If it's not edifying, if it's not strengthening, if it's not encouraging, comforting, if it's not reconciling you to God, flesh. Not God. That doesn't mean that a edify or that doesn't mean that a prophetic word can't be challenging. Okay, this this is a can be a tricky one. I've I've gotten words from the Lord that were corrections. And I I had gotten into like anxiety and stress because I was diverted doing something uh, and busy with something that I wasn't supposed to be busy with. And I've gotten corrective words that sounded like, hey, come back over here. And what actually, it was, could be a challenging word, but what it actually did was relieve me of anxiety and stress and brought me into strengthening, encouraging, comforting. Does that make sense? So it doesn't mean the word can't be challenging, but it has to lead you into strengthening, encouraging, comforting, and reconciliation. So I'm going to tell you a story. i got a few, few today. <laughs> As I was preparing this message, I was like, wow, we've actually had a lot of experience with some of these things. So about eight years ago, 
my wife and I were asked to lead worship at a conference. And we were leading worship at this conference. And the people that had invited us, um, he was one of the speakers at the conference. And so uh, he was there with his wife. After we got done leading worship, the, his wife comes up to Joy and I. And she said, hey, I have a word for you, Joy. Now, this was, a lot of you know this testimony, but this was just a few months after my wife had been healed from a heart issue, like life-threatening heart issue. She had a complete miracle. And so this was just a short time after that. And she said, hey, I have, I have a word for you. And she goes, I just feel like the enemy is just, he wants to bring that, that heart issue back on you. And But, you know, we're going to rebuke that. And so if I would have known then what I know now, I would have immediately rebuked her word. Not, not in a mean way, but it can be as simple as this, like, hey, you know, I, I don't really feel like that's from the Lord, and I don't receive your word. I'm so sorry. It can be that simple. We, so I didn't know that then. So I just thought, that's a strange word. So we go, and we get in the car, and immediately my wife starts having chest pains. Immediately, she's, she hadn't had chest pains in months. She was completely healed. Immediately, she starts having chest pains. We called up our, who, who was our spiritual mentor at the time. We told him what happened. And he said, that word's not from the Lord. We're going to rebuke that word right now, and the effect's going to break off right now. And he, and he just prayed a simple prayer, and the pain lifted. No problem. Everything's fine. So the backstory of this is this lady was actually upset with us. Um, because I can't even remember, honestly, what it was. Something about they invited us to do lead worship at another conference, and we couldn't do it. Something, something silly. But she was upset with us, and because of, I, I don't think she was knowingly doing this, but she was actually partnering with the, the enemy. She was actually partnering with the enemy. So let me just tell you a secret. If you don't know this already, the enemy wants to kill, steal, and destroy every single one of us. So let's not prophesy what he wants to do. Let's not prophesy his word over each other, please. <laughs> so this lady was actually upset with us, and she was actually partnered with what the enemy was trying to speak over us. And so the, the good news is, if someone speaks a word like that over you, I mean, you have power immediately to just be like, I don't receive that word, I'm so sorry. Yeah, and, and it will have no effect. The Bible says it's uh, no weapon formed against you will prosper, and every tongue that rises against you in judgment, you will condemn. So when that word rises against you in judgment, you have the power to condemn that word, not the person. The word. I'm sorry I don't receive that word. That's rejecting that word, and it will have no effect. Okay, where are we? So what should we do when we get a word from someone? Judge the word. Judge the word. Prophetic words are for the purpose of edification, and when people get outside of that, they can actually be partnering with the enemy. So when we get a word from someone, we're going to judge that word, meaning is it from God or not? I just gave you an easy example of a false word. But what if it sounds good? What if it sounds edifying? That word still needs to be judged. So how do we judge a word? I'm going to give you four ways to judge a word. This, this is not a 
comprehensive list, but these are four tried and true ones that I, I will run prophetic words that I get through. How do we judge a word? Number one, does the word contradict scripture? How many know God's not going to give you a word that contradicts scripture? Does the word contradict scripture? Number two, does it resonate with your spirit? This one can be tricky. But if someone comes up to me today and says, you know, I just see you have an evangelist heart and God is calling you to South America. That doesn't resonate with me. In fact, that goes against what God's already spoken to me. God's spoken to me, no, I have you in Arizona. I'll I'll tell you a funny story. You know that we love Bethel and that we're part of the Bethel Leadership Network. But I remember, you know, four or five years ago, just starting this church, and you know, it was kind of like ups and downs like any church when you start a church. And I remember just walking my dog. God speaks to me when I walk my dog. And I remember walking the dog, and I just had the thought, okay, just had the thought that, that this, you know, like if this just all goes south, I'm just, I'm just going to pack up and we're all moving to Bethel. So I'm just, I just had the thought, right? God, God interrupts my thought and says, Bethel doesn't need you. I have you in Phoenix. You're a minister to Phoenix. And I never had that thought again. I used to think that, like, man, if, if this just goes south, I'm just, let's just go to ready. <laughs> Bethel doesn't need you. They're doing fine. <laughs> oh, man. So that wasn't in my notes. I got off. Where, where am I? Where were we? How do we judge a word? Number three. So number one is, does it contradict Scripture? Number two is, does it resonate with your spirit? By the way, just before I move on from that one, there's been whole families that have moved to different countries and on a prophetic word and realized when they got there, oh my goodness, that was not from the Lord. Sold their house, packed up, quit their jobs, and then they realized, oh no, that wasn't from the Lord. And then they realized that never really resonated with me, me, but I just didn't want to disobey God. Not every word is going to be from the Lord. Does it contradict Scripture? Does it resonate with your spirit? Number three, share the word with a spiritual mentor or pastor and ask them if they think it's from the Lord. This is one that I'll do constantly. I'll call people that are spiritual mentors. Now we have mentors at Bethel. This is the word I got. What do you think? And they'll pray and ask the Lord, and I'll be like, yeah, I feel, I feel like that's, that's God, or, or not. So share the word with a spiritual mentor or pastor and ask them if they think it's from the Lord. A lot of times, some of those words that have taken people way off course could have got knocked down right there. I'd be like, no, God's not taking you to Chile. <laughs> Number four, check with the Holy Spirit. You can do this sometimes immediately. Just be like, I've had times where I've gotten where I went, Holy Spirit, is that you? No. <laughs> I've had times where it's like, yes. And I was like, oh, that's surprising because I didn't think it was. <laughs> and then there's other times where I didn't hear anything. And that, that'll happen too where I'm like, okay, I'm, I don't feel like I'm hearing. And so, you know, we can press into those and check them through the other ways until we feel like we know from the Lord if it's from him or not. So what should we do when we get a word? Judge the word. Not the person, judge the word. So number two, if you judge the word and you believe it's from God, 
steward it. Steward the word. So I told you guys the story a few weeks ago about a man that prophesied over my wife and I about 10 years ago. And we had just had our second child. And both pregnancies were difficult pregnancies. And this man comes up to us and, and says, hey, I just, I just want you guys to know that the next three babies are just going to come out like this. No problem. And we didn't rebuke him in front of him, but behind closed doors, we were like, that's not from the Lord. <laughs> that is not from the Lord. We, you know, especially with having two difficult pregnancies, we were like, two's good. We're good. So 10 years later, my wife's pregnant with our fifth child. And, and Joy says, you remember the word we got from this man? So we start to press into it in prayer. And we're like, oh my goodness, that word was from the Lord. By the way, babies one, two, hard pregnancies, hard births. Three and four, no problems. Totally fine. Baby five, now we, had a, now we had a word that we knew was from the Lord that we could steward. So, and, and, and it's not to say that if we don't steward it, it won't come to pass. But that word actually brought great comfort to us. My wife is in her 40s. I'm in my 40s. And the, as you know, there's more risk for having a baby in your 40s. And you have to have, do all bunch more tests and stuff. They just put you through a lot of stuff. But we had a lot of comfort because we had this word. What's the New Testament prophetic for? Comfort, strength, encouragement. We had strength. We were encouraged. We were, we were like, we got a word. This is going to be fine. Baby's going to be fine. Mom's going to be fine. So when you get a word and you believe it's from the Lord after you've judged the word, steward the word. Write it down. Write it down. Begin to partner with it. Begin to declare it. So when you steward well what God is giving you, it'll always increase. And that's true across the board. When you steward your finances well, they'll increase. When you steward relationships well, they'll increase. And the depth of those relationships will increase. When you steward prophetic words, they'll increase. When you steward dreams, if God's given you spiritual dreams, write them down, steward them, have them interpreted. God will give you more dreams. So when you get that word, steward it. And when you know it's from the Lord, steward that word. So I want to talk about this now. If someone gives you a word that's not from the Lord, does that make them a false prophet? The short answer, no. No, it does not. So I want to talk about, this is, this is going to be fun. I want to talk about false prophets for a second. <laughs> so there's two types. <laughs> there's two types of false prophets. One is um, someone that's operating in the spirit of divination. So I want to read you Acts chapter 16, verses 16 through 19. This is talking about Paul and Silas. So verse 16, it happened that as we were going to a place of prayer, a slave girl having a spirit of divination met us, who was bringing her masters much profit by fortune telling. Following after Paul and us, she kept crying, saying, These men are bondservants of the Most High God who are proclaiming to you the way of salvation. She continued doing this for many days, but Paul was greatly annoyed and turned to the turn and said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus to come out of her. And it came out at that very moment. But when her masters saw that the hope of profit was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace before the authorities. 
This is a really interesting story. How many recognize in that story, wrong spirit, right word? Wrong spirit, spirit of divination, right word. Why, why do you think that there's psychics that police will use to find people who committed crimes? Because they're accurate. How did they know how to find those people? Because it's the same spirit they're tapping into that had them commit those crimes. And he has no problem throwing them under the bus. <laughs> you could get an accurate word from a psychic but it's not empowered by the Holy Spirit. And it, it's kind of like giving children candy to lure him into a van to kidnap them. The enemy, don't mess around with anything that has anything to do with the enemy. He has one thing he wants to do to you, kill, steal, and destroy you. And he'll use any means he can to get you in that van. So right or wrong spirit, right word, I had a friend who, um, he followed a man who had scary, accurate prophetic words. Like, he could give you your social security number. He could give you your driver's license number. And so he's like, oh, my goodness, this guy's like, he must be so close to the Lord. I'm going to follow this guy and learn from him. You know, learn this gift, right? And after months of following this man, he realized that this man's personal life was, like, absolute disaster. And he's like, well, this is so weird. He's like... He, he's like so accurate in his prophecies, but it's just like mess, relationship messes one after another, no connection to local church. He actually realized after a time that this man was actually tapping into a spirit of divination. It wasn't the Holy Spirit at all. It was, it was a spirit of divination. Could give you your social security number. By the way, God can give you your social security number too. <laughs> so I'm not saying that God won't do that, but the prophetic is not a magic trick. Amen. How many understand that we're not supposed to follow signs and wonders, but signs and wonders are supposed to follow us? Amen. If you get caught up in following someone that has an amazing gift, and that's why you're following them, that can lead you into some problems. I mean, no, we don't follow a gift. We're actually called to be fruit inspectors. Is the fruit good? You will know a tree by its fruit. A good tree only produces good fruit. A bad tree can only produce bad fruit. So we're supposed to be fruit inspectors. So what does good fruit look like? The Bible says you'll be known by your fruit. Let's start with bad fruit. What does bad fruit look like? A trail of broken relationships. Bounce from church to church to church. Won't submit to any church leadership. They'll say things like this, I submit to God alone. Sounds really spiritual. It's not. It's deception. Every amazing person, man of God, woman of God, that you know that we talk about here, they all have submitted themselves to spiritual authority. My wife and I are submitted to spiritual authority. We have people in our life that can say, hey, this, I think you're getting off here. That, I don't know if that's God. We have people in our leadership team that know they can do that. We have people that are in Bethel. We have local pastors that can do that. You need people that are close enough to smell your breath. Say, hey, that doesn't, I don't think you brushed this morning. <laughs> that doesn't smell good. 
So they won't submit to church leadership. They'll say things like, I only submit to God. A lot of times serious personal issues, serious sin issues, a lot of times. And usually they're obvious because we all have issues. We usually like, whoa, that's, that's a big one. <laughs> What's good fruit look like? Many strong and long-lasting spiritual relationships. You have to work to maintain relationships. Amen? Many long-standing spiritual relationships. Healthy marriage. Not perfect marriage. Healthy marriage. Strong children. Not perfect children. Strong children. Submitted under church leadership. Teachable and correctable. This is what good fruit looks like. So the first type of false prophet can be someone operating in the spirit of divination. A lot of times this is like the obvious like people in you know, New Age and the psychics and stuff like this can be totally operating in the spirit of divination. And then give accurate words. So do you understand that if we have the, this thought that, oh, accurate word means accurate prophet or from God, and not accurate word means not from God. Do you understand? See, see how there's problems with that thought? Because you can receive actually from someone who has a spirit of divination if you think, well, if you're looking for an accurate word as a sign of if, if it's from God or not. So one is spirit of divination type of false prophets. Two is Christians with a prophetic gift who are deeply wounded. Christians with a prophetic gift who are, who are wounded. I want to tell you another story. I'm going to, I'm going to be very careful because I don't want to throw anybody under the bus. There's no, it has nothing to do with anybody here or anybody connected to anybody here, but I still want to be uh, careful. But a couple of years ago, we had a person who came into our church, and the first day he was here, he gave me a prophetic word and, and a few other people's people. And um, we noticed he was here for about probably five or six months, and we noticed that it kind of amped up like every week. It was kind of like more and more prophetic words. And there was starting to be some messes. It was like some words that were given that weren't, weren't accurate, that weren't resonating with people. And so I really had a heart to like love this guy. I'm like, okay, I think he has a, like a real gift, but um, there's some issues there. So I'm just trying to love this guy. Long story short, after about five or six months, I'm trying to kind of pastor him through some of these things. He tells me, he goes, Stop trying to pastor me. You are not my pastor, and I don't receive your words. So this is people with a prophetic gift who are deeply wounded. Someone who wanted to come in, and he wanted to lead people. He wanted to prophesy over people, but he didn't want to be under leadership. This is a big warning sign. If you ever hear, yeah, yeah I'll go there. <laughs> and I heard this in our old church about our old pastor. If you ever hear something that, that starts like this, and your pastor, I love his heart. He's a good, good guy. Or she's, she's, I love her heart. Wait for the butt that's about to come. There's a big butt coming. But I think they're a little off over here. Okay, when you hear that, run. Dissension among the brethren. And it's also, it's just putting themselves in a place of like, I'm a little more spiritual than your pastor. I know some things that they don't know. 
I've heard Chris, Chris Valentin has had people come up to him and say, God gave me a prophetic word for you, but he told me not to tell you what it is. <laughs> like, oh, really? Wow. So God's telling you more about me than he's telling me about me. What is it? It's like a spiritual one-ups. Like, well, I know more about you than God, than you know, you know about you. Like, God's telling me things I can't even share with you. Warning, warning, warning. So this man that was here, and I really did try to love him, and, and that after that moment, I really, just to be real honest, I, I had a lot of, uh, I had a lot of stress over this person because I was really trying to get through to him. And when he told me that, I went and prayed, and I literally began to cry because I just tried really hard to get through to this man. And, and the Lord, I began to cry when the Lord told me this, you are released from trying to minister to this man. And it was like a relief. Like, I was like, oh, and I just cried for a minute. It's like, you are released. And by the way, if someone comes here or if you're here now and I'm not your pastor, Joy's not your pastor, then this isn't your church. <laughs> so when he told me that, don't pastor me, I was like, well, I, the next meeting I had with him was like, you need to find your pastor because if I'm not your pastor, this isn't your church. These people tend to operate out of a need for recognition and identity. They're, they're doing, giving prophetic words out of a need to draw something for themselves. Pure prophetic always has the motivation to love and build up the body of Christ. Always has the pure motive of love. 1 John 4, 7 and 8 says, Beloved, let us love one another. For love is from God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. The one who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Anybody remember the song? So do you know what the context of 1 John 4 is? 1 John 4, verse 1 says this. Beware of false prophets, because many have been released into the world. So this, that passage, those two scriptures, are in the context of false prophets. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. Prophecy is loving one another. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. The one who does not love does not know God, for God is love. A false prophet has a motivation to prophesy over people other than love, to love the body of Christ. And, and I'll just be vulnerable with you. I've had times where I'm just struggling emotionally because I'm a, I'm a human being and it happens to me from time to time. And in those times, I'm very careful to give prophetic words because I don't want to be doing it out of a sense of like I'm trying to draw something, some type of recognition or identity. So I'm very careful in those moments where I'm like, you know, I don't know if I'm doing really good emotionally. I'm not going to give a bunch of words right now unless I just feel like, whoa, this is heavy on my heart. Like sometimes, by the way, just we're going to talk more. This, is, <laughs> this message is to like help us have a firm foundation. But next week's going to be the more encouraging message. We're going to actually talk about what it looks like, what a healthy culture looks like, and, and how, to, how to flow in the prophetic. But um, just, to, just to give you a touch of like when you know it's from the Lord, a lot of times with me it's like, well, I can't not say it. It's like just welling up inside of me. It's just like, well, I have to release this word. It's just like, that's always been a good indication for me. It's like, in worship, it's the same thing. 
I try not to say a ton unless I feel like, oh, it's welling up. I have to say this. And it's like, it comes out. So anytime we prophesy over people for any other reason than love, than to love the body of Christ, we can get off. We can be off. So one of the things that false prophets do is they're drawing people to themselves instead of to Christ. That's another clear sign. Like someone who's drawing people to themselves. Oh, man. Should I go there? <laughs> man, how do I package it in a, in a way that's presentable? <laughs> um, man. Yeah, got it. My job as a pastor, Joy's job as a pastor, any of us that have a pastoral role in this church, our job is to connect you to Jesus. Our job is not to become some big spiritual, like, if you have a question about God and you need a prophetic word or you need direction, you come to me and I'll hear from God and I'll give you the answer. That is not our role. Our role is to strengthen the body of Christ. Our role is to help you connect directly so that you don't need us to do that for you. Okay. All that being said, I want to encourage you to prophesy in the body of Christ. <laughs> and I want to encourage you to receive prophecy. This message is not to scare anyone from prophesying. This is actually a protective message so that we can grow in the prophetic in a healthy way that really is going to edify, and strengthen, and build up the church. Amen? So I hope this didn't scare anybody. That was not my point. The prophetic is wonderful. It's really wonderful. And by the way, if you're hearing me talk about false prophets and you're like, oh my goodness, I might be a false prophet. If you have that thought, let me just tell you, you're not a false prophet. Because the ones that I've ran into, and I've ran into about three in the five years we've been here, you could never bring them to that conclusion. You could never. They're like, no. Chris Vallott and I heard him talking about this same topic, and he was saying, like, you could sit them down and draw them a perfect picture of themselves, and they'd be like, that's not me. So, yeah, so if you even have that thought, you're not a false prophet. In fact, nobody here pretty sure is a false prophet. If you were here on Wednesday night, that was a beautiful exercise of using the prophetic. And our group is getting a lot of amazing prophetic words. And I don't know what was happening in other groups, but the reason I believe that our group is getting so many prophetic words is because I look at everybody in our group and I'm like, wow, amazing humble hearts for the Lord. Nobody perfect, but humble hearts. That's what God will move through. Just like, God, I just want to be used. I just want to be used by you. I want to love the body. What are you speaking right now? So I want to encourage you to grow close to God and to grow in the prophetic. So next week, I'm going to talk about activating the prophetic in your life. I was going to talk about that this week, but I'm like, no, that's a whole other message. So is everybody okay? I didn't scare anybody. <laughs> All right, I'm going to pray for you. Uh, ministry team, come on up. Heavenly Father, we just pray that you just um, help us to build a strong base of the prophetic. God, we know your word says that 
um, you would wish that we'd all prophesy, that we would all move in that gift. Your word says to eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially that we should prophesy. And so, Father, we pray that we're cultivating that in a healthy way in this church, God, that is going to truly edify the body of Christ, that is going to reconcile the hearts of men and women to the Father. So, God, help us navigate it. Help us to clean up messes as they come. God, help us not to get discouraged when we miss it, God, but to keep pressing in and to, to know that, God, that you have this for each and every believer. We thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen.